You are listening to an Awkward Human podcast. For more information on this podcast or all of our shows, visit awkwardhuman.com slash shows. Hello and welcome to another episode of Interview with a Nerd. My name is Richard Cardenas. I am your host. Welcome, everyone. It's uh, the end of the year. Yeah, it's 2018, December, end year. What? Uh, how, how, was, how did everyone's um, year go? For me, it was kind of up and down. <laughs> it was boring and exciting and very busy all at the same time. Um, but, uh, but, it, but we're here. We're at the end of it. I hope you guys all had decent years. And if not, well, I hope 2013, um, yeah, I hope 2013 brings you something better. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you're listening to this in 2018, that means it's one of your last things you're probably going to listen to uh, for the year. And if you're listening to it, uh, listening to it from uh, 2019. Uh, hello from the other side. Uh, I hope you bring us some good news. Um, all right. So this episode is going to be a shorter one. I uh, I saw Aquaman a few weeks ago, uh, about two weeks before it came out. And uh, we recorded this about a week before it came out. And I just got too busy and, and forgot to put this out. But here it is. Uh, I did want to share this um, review with you all. Uh, and yeah, it's with John Bring. Um, and that's that's it. That's all I'm going to say about it. It's going to be a short, sweet episode. I want you all to go back to enjoying your lives after we listen, you listen to this. And yeah, uh, here it is. Okay, hi everyone. We have John uh, with the episode started minutes and minutes and minutes ago. I don't know why I said hi everyone. <laughs> we have John Bring on of the show. Of hi. <laughs> yeah, hi I'll John. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing this thing. Uh, thank you for greeting my audience. Um, <laughs> how are you doing? I'm well. That's good. Thank you for asking. Yeah, I'm that's great. good. I'm glad. Um, John recently released his own podcast called. Here's why it's great. Um, do you want to talk about that just a little bit? Sure, I can talk about that all day long. <laughs> uh, there's not really a, a whole lot to the premise. It's where we, the podcast where we take what you hate and tell you why it's great. So we have a range of subjects. It's about restaurants. It's about movies. It's primarily about movies. My co-host, Sebastian Kadlecik, who uh, he and I go way back, and we've written comic books together and all sorts of stuff, and uh, we've been writing partners for a long time. Uh, we're big movie buffs, so it's a lot of movies, uh, but also going to be also, any any subject is on the table. Uh, we're about to release an episode, or maybe by the time this has come out, we will have just released an episode on Applebee's. The, oh, the wonderful my restaurant. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. And uh, we're doing actually Richard's suggestion, which is Nick Cage. We're doing that pretty soon. Uh, so we've got a lot of different subjects, varied subjects. Uh, we've got Rocky Five. We've got Howard the Duck on coming down the pike. Oh wow! Uh, like the yeah, movie. So, oh yeah, oh yeah. Wow. Uh, so yeah, just a range of subjects. Uh, we have a lot of fun with it. We're uh, we're we're pretty you know silly with the whole idea, but we just want to spread some positivity in the world because we feel like so many podcasts exist, and you know enjoyable podcasts exist mm -hmm. to sort of tear things down. So when we started to think about, oh, we're a couple guys in our thirties what are we going to cover that hasn't already been covered? I said, why don't we tell, why don't we like extol the virtues of things and, instead of like existing to tear them down? So that's where the idea of here's why it gate, uh, here's why it's great came from. And uh, we're, we're still pretty new. So I'd appreciate anybody checking us out. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at H W I G podcast. Uh, or if you have something you hate, want to tell us why you uh, think it's great or why we should tell you why it's great. Uh, you can, uh, email us at gmail, hwigpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, that was probably more than you needed. <laughs> no, no, that was that was perfect. Um, I will say that uh, I've been listening because I have the most boring job in the world. And so I get to just like sit down and listen to podcasts all day, which is what oh, I what do. And yeah, right. <laughs> so um, I've been listening to your show and I, I'll tell the audience that it's definitely well worth uh, listening to because you and Sebastian definitely have like great chemistry together, like great co-hosting chemistry. 
Um, and and <laughs> the topics that you guys talk about is uh, they're they're good topics. You just recently uh, released an episode on Batman and Robin, uh, the movie. Oh yeah, and the Joel Schumacher masterpiece. Yeah, and, and it was wonderful listening to that because it's one of the things that I loved as a kid. It was a movie that I watched constantly as a kid and as i grew up you know i i began to <laughs> peel back the layers and realize why people hated it so much but um yeah so uh i i i um endorse your show <laughs> oh thanks yeah and like yeah especially for batman and robin i mean come on there's so much to love uh and i mean that's like it's kind of what we're going to be talking about now which is uh aquaman uh-huh. uh, uh it's just like there's like you got to take like the goofiness with the earnestness and just like let it all mix together into like and coalesce into a beautiful little a uh, little uh, porridge that you just lap up and you want to lick the bowl because like comic books are inherently silly. Why can't comic book movies be inherently silly? Why does why does Batman have to be the serious brooding thing? You know, like Batman is he's a dude dressed as a bat who goes punches people in the face. That's goofy as shit. So <laughs> why can't the whole thing be goofy? So that's that's just how I feel. But. I feel uh, the same way. I think, um, and we're gonna, we're, well, this will be a segue into the movie, but I think that you and I are similar in the way that we consume our entertainment. Uh, and I, I guess I'm just making an assumption here, but I feel like um, we both try to enjoy something rather than go into it uh, wanting to criticize it. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so I never, like, I never go into anything thinking I'm gonna do anything but love it. I still try to take that approach that I did when I was a kid, where it's like, it's a movie. Of course, it's gonna be great. Why else would I be watching it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, everything. And there's something you can you can dig into almost anything and find great elements lying within. But mm-hmm. yeah, and um, the funny <clears throat> thing with you and I, <laughs> we. Uh, we we went to go see Dear Evan Hansen together, and at the end, you weren't sure how I felt about it, and I like absolutely loved loved it. <laughs> and um, I can tell you, uh, within days, you had bought the t shirt, or you bought the t shirt there, uh-huh. and you had bought the vinyl uh, cast recording uh-huh. within a few days. So I, I kind of figured it out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then it was kind of similar with this movie, where at the end we kind of talked about it, uh, and and I think Lindsay, your wife, was telling me that you still weren't sure how I felt about it, uh, but I really enjoyed it. What were your? Oh, good. good. What, what were your like over? What What's your overall take on it? My overall take is it is big. It's dumb. It's in your face. <laughs> it is so much fun, though. Like, there's so much goofy shit on the screen that they're throwing at you. How could you not? How could you do anything but love this movie? And <laughs> it goes back. It's exactly what I was saying. Is like comic books are silly. A guy who talks to fish. I'm sorry, but that's what Aquaman does. And <laughs> he does most of his time in like ancient underwater communities. Like that's goofy. Like, and they leaned into that. They really did. And I was really happy with that because um, ever since Zack Snyder kind of came in and started forming the world of, of DC and movie form, um, it's it's definitely been um, trying <laughs> because <laughs> they they like for whatever reason didn't allow themselves to be fantastical. Uh, yeah. and comic booky, uh, they really wanted to ground yeah. it in this very real world. And I think it's because of the Nolan films. Oh, and, for sure. Um, and that's what Warner Brothers executives thought worked right. was the earnestness of the Nolan films. But what worked is he's a master storyteller and the stories themselves were great. Mm-hmm. And that's completely where they missed the mark. They just thought and then they eventually tried to course correct and say, like, put as much color on the screen as you can, um, you know, with every everybody just put a bunch of like effects on the screen and you'll and people will love it. But didn't work out that way. <laughs> yeah. I actually went back and watched the scene from Justice League where Mara and Arthur meet up. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because, like, it's cool, actually, to go back and look at how much they set up in that scene. Because they talk all about his relationship with his mother, his mother left, uh, how much it hurt her to leave him. Uh, but I got the impression that he and Mara, like, knew each other. Yeah. But over the course of the movie, it's like, nope, they did not know each other. This is all... So basically in Justice League, he just like jumps into the water after dismissing Bruce Wayne and is just kind of swimming randomly and finds uh, the mother box. And, it, and I guess some shard <laughs> of Atlantis 
and a bunch of Atlantean guards getting murdered by Steppenwolf, and then uh, Aquaman shows up and saves the, or sort of saves the day. Uh, he at least saves Mera, but that I guess was just happenstance, and it's like, what is this? <laughs> Uh, so it didn't really make sense for the overall scheme of things because half like for the first quarter of this movie, I thought it took place before Justice League. Like, oh, right. this is our, this is how we, you know, Mara and Arthur met, and like this is why they had that familiarity in Justice League. But nope, <laughs> some point, like they offhandedly mentioned Steppenwolf uh, during the movie, and it's like, yeah, I, I did that for my own reasons, um, which are still unclear. I guess other than you're a good dude, but yeah, yeah, yeah that's a, it's the weird thing of like Marvel has Kevin Feige looking at every little thing that happens within that universe, and so he's there to like keep it all cohesive. And I feel like they don't have that with uh, <laughs> DC. They are totally rudderless over at <laughs> DC. They have no direction, but this is like a step in the right direction. I think. I think so. Um, and I I think Wonder Woman was that step, and oh. I, and I feel like uh, they they continued that with this one, really leaning into uh, the ridiculousness that is Aquaman. I mean, he's yeah. badass, but as you said at the top, like it's kind of silly. Yeah, it's a hundred percent silly, and even like his, he, I think that's it's self aware enough that I think that's what makes it work. Is like they this movie knows how silly it is. These characters know how silly it is. Um, Jason Momoa is like. Yep, this character's dumb. Nobody likes him, but I'm going to do my best with it. And, and I feel like he did. <laughs> yeah, I actually, um, so prior to seeing this movie, I had like zero interest in seeing it. And then um, they released a trailer where we got to see like faux Nicole Kidman fighting. And right. that was the thing that convinced me to go see it because I love Nicole Kidman. And, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, seeing her fight was like, oh, okay. I didn't realize there was going to be this and that. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to go see it. Uh, and then I was, I guess, fortunate enough to get some screening uh, tickets. And I asked you to come with me. And so we saw it. I, I know. And I was very glad that you asked me because I, uh, my wife and I have AMC A-lister status or whatever, where we pay $20 a month and we get to go see three movies a week. And this is like the only movie where she's drawn the line and said, nope, not going to go. <laughs> and uh, I usually go with my podcasting co-host, Sebastian, but he's just been crazy busy lately. And uh, I feel like the timing wouldn't work out. So when you came a calling, I was like, yes, I get my chance. <laughs> uh, I mean, I suppose I would have probably gone to see this, you know, by myself if I had to. But it was great seeing it in a theater full of really excited nerds. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of cheers. And I'm with you. Uh, I was not super excited, but they did release that extended trailer where not only did it show Nicole Kidman beating some ass, it also showed some really inventive action um, in, where were they, Sicily? I think at one point in the movie. like the uh, little Yes, I think so. Um, somewhere in Italy or yeah, something like that. Somewhere yeah. in the Mediterranean. But with Mara jumping around from rooftop to rooftop and the guys chasing her, and I was like, wow, that action is cool enough to where I will definitely go just for that, if mm -hmm. nothing else. Because James Wan knows how to direct a good action movie. Um, so I was excited about that. But yeah, Nicole, the idea that Nicole Kidman got to do some ass beating is, was neat because she doesn't often get those kinds of roles. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think this was like, I don't know, the first time I've seen her do that, actually. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think back of everything she's done. I mean, I know she's played some more badass characters. She definitely beat up a boxing uh, punching bag in uh, in Batman Forever. I don't know if you remember that, Doctor Chase Meridian. <laughs> what? I don't remember she her was beating smart anything and up. Tough. Uh, yeah, dude. Like, yeah, there was one point where Bruce Wayne hears her beating the bag on the other side of the door, and he has to knock the gigantic door down to uh, try to save yes. her. But, oh, little does he know, she's just a tough woman. Uh huh. I remember now. Play it. You know, learning to defend herself, which is smart in the streets of Gotham City. Uh -huh. Scary place. <laughs> I don't blame her. But uh, but no, Nicole's always got a like. There's always a fierceness about her, mm -hmm. but she's never really got to like physical. You know, make that physical. Yeah, and that's that. I would 100% agree with that. Like all, almost all her roles, there's always a fierceness in her. Like there's always that strong woman in her, and um, I was glad to see it take form like physically <laughs> in this film yeah. and honestly um, that is the first big fight scene we get and it's one of my favorites in the whole movie yeah it's really cool because um it opens up with uh the father finding her and you know they fall in love and everything and um when he's a toddler uh 
the Atlanteans come back and they're trying to like take her back. Uh, and she's like defending <gasps> her family. And that's really badass. Oh, it's super badass. Um, yeah, she's great. And and I think that scene and then the one in Sicily are my two favorite uh, action scenes, probably because they're the only ones that take place like on land. So mm. they're more like there's actual gravity. Because I feel like that's the one thing that is hard to really get super excited about is, is like underwater fight scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can get into that later if you'd like. Uh, yeah, but it was no. great. And I, and I thought Nicole was going to be like this poor woman. Like she had to... I forget exactly why she had to give up uh, a role in Wonder Woman. She was probably going to be either uh, Robin, Wright, Robin Wright Penn's part, or I guess she's Robin Wright, uh, her part or Connie Britton's role, uh, which would have been fucking awesome <clears throat> to have Nicole Kidman in either of those roles. I would not change Robin Wright. I would not change a frame of Robin Wright's performance in that movie, though. Wait, uh, two questions. Yeah. One, it's not really a question. It's a statement. I had no idea she was like in talks for being in Wonder Woman. Oh yeah. Um, two. Unless I'm mistaken, I, I, you know, I just remember that and feeling bad about her. Well, what's your second point? Uh, two. Did you say Connie Britton? Isn't that wait? No, not Connie Britton. What? Connie Nielsen. Sorry. Okay. I was like, I do not, not remember her in that movie. Connie Nielsen. Uh, she plays um, Hippolyta. Yeah, Hippolyta. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I imagine Nicole probably would have played that part. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I would have liked that. Um, but uh, yeah, I so. That. but uh yeah totally uh so i felt bad that like oh here she is her consolation prize is aquaman that sucks but actually <laughs> but actually it turns out to be great she got a lot of cheers in our audience oh yeah oh yeah she did um she had some really great scenes um what uh what what were was there some anything great that, wigs. huh and great wigs <laughs> there is a moment in the film. I'm sorry, guys. This is going to be uh, spoilers. Um, there is a moment in the film where we see her and she's like just gotten out of the water and 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 it looks like she's been living on her own for quite a while and her hair is messed up. And I was so happy that they had her hair like that because I was yeah, afraid that, they, that we'd see her and she'd have like beautiful hair. Yeah, that somehow on this like forbidden island she had a she got a blowout that day or uh-huh. something. <laughs> <laughs> but it was nice. I really did like the touch that they did with the water, that it was consistent. Every time they came out of the water, they were dripping wet. Like I know. I, I was thinking about that when we were watching it. Like, man, that must have been miserable to shoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm sure all of it was on temperature-controlled sets and stuff, but, man, that had to be, like, such a bummer to constantly have to get, like, wetted down right before calling a take, you know? So, I know. I know. And uh, and I was thinking about, like, in the past, would they have done that? Like, would they have just filmed them wet the entire time? Um, maybe. I don't know. I feel like they would have. They, they, I, I don't know. For whatever reason, I feel like they would have just, like, shot them dry and, like, just had the explanation of, like, they're mythical or they're, like, magical. And yeah, <laughs> they just come out of the water looking. You may wonderful. be right, Richard. You may be right. <laughs> um, I could but Amber be wrong. Amber Heard's makeup is always on point, no matter if she's in the water, out of the water. That's true. That good water assistant makeup she's wearing. How did you feel about the underwater stuff? Well, I liked it better in the movie than I did in the uh, trailers because in the trailers, they didn't put any kind of effect on their voice mm. when they're underwater. And it just was like perfectly clear as if they were just sitting next to each other in a room. Right. Uh, but in the movie, they actually have like a little warbly effect on everybody's voice. It's very minor. But I'm glad they did that because that would have been really weird to me if I know the whole idea is like you guys can all hear each other. You can all talk underwater. But as an audience member, that would have really tripped me up had uh, we, the, their voice has been perfectly clear the entire time. Um, I feel like it was, you know, I feel like it was as good as it could have been pretty much. Yeah, um, I felt like James Wan really like went through it and like make sure that all the details were there to like for will- it to make sense. Yeah, I will say there are a couple of things that I wish there would have been more of. Like, every time they moved, uh, I felt like... Uh, and there were sometimes there were bubbles, like, trailing. If they, like, move fast, there were bubbles. But I felt like any time you move, or even, like, as they talk, could bubbles not be coming out of their mouth? Like, they are... I mean, I guess fish don't really have... Well, fish have bubbles coming out of their mouth sometimes. So, you know, maybe a little bit more just, like, atmospheric stuff like that. Um, <laughs> I, I, mean, I feel it, like that would have been a little too silly. Maybe, and that's probably why they didn't do it. And also, this movie is like 99.9% effect shots anyway, so uh-huh. I'm sure it was just, just can't. That's one more element we can't handle. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, I thought but it was, was just like a very nitpicky thing. That was just a thought. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. <laughs> um, there was a weird thing to me. Um, all the characters I felt like under underwater, their stuff looked decent and decent to good. But when it came to Dolph Lundgren, now that one was weird because I felt like they had like a whole different team on him that didn't do it quite as well. <laughs> Because oh, really? every time he was on the screen, it looked like he was just twitching his way through every scene. And it was weird. I think weird. it's just Dolph Lundgren, dude. Really? Yeah, if you watch him in like the Expendables movies, that dude is just kind of twitchy now. Mm, I don't know how okay. he's... Which I have yet to see, but... Like, it definitely feels like... And I'm glad that... I like Dolph Lundgren, so I'm actually glad that he got like a role in a big superhero movie. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he does feel like a little shifty. Yeah. But... Maybe that's just the character too, Richard. Maybe he's just a shifty dude. <laughs> Maybe. It just felt so glitchy. Like, and every time he was on screen, I was just like, this isn't matching everyone else. What's wrong? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like you have Patrick Wilson, who it basically is like Legolas. He is like a an, an ageless, graceful elf yes. in real life. Yes. So like he kind of already has that fluidity in the way he is anyway. So mm. I don't know. Maybe that just worked for him. Uh, same kind of goes for Amber Heard. She like looks like a mermaid, just yeah. like normally. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so maybe that was it. Maybe just you know, maybe he was uncomfortable on the rig or whatever <laughs> that they had him. That had him like floating in the air all the time. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I did comment uh, to you that night that I really liked the way they moved through the water when they were just like not fighting or not really like traveling or anything. When they were just kind of like moving around each other and stuff, I really liked that. I thought it looked very fluid and um, I don't know. It just looked like they like they were dancers or something in the water. Yeah, that was interesting because there was one scene where Patrick Wilson is, I believe, circling. Uh, it's I think when he and uh, I forget the name of the character, but Dolph Lundgren meet uh, in that like old place with the statues. And he's sort of like Patrick Wilson's just sort of like floating around him uh-huh. while he's giving this like while he's doing his dialogue and. I thought that was neat because, yeah, normally he'd be like walking around or stepping around. But like this, just like the fluidity of the shot was really neat, mm-hmm. uh, I thought. And uh, yeah, so I mean, it's, I'm just like piling on to what you were saying. But I thought that, that the way they handled that was interesting. And it was like very different to see a movie where there are so many scenes where people aren't walking. And, you know, like they just like float from place to place because that the way they move underwater is just, I guess, I don't know, psychically. <laughs> they, they <laughs> <clears throat> like but, fish <laughs> yeah i mean at least fish you can see the mechanism of it of <laughs> wiggling their, their bodies or whatever but uh but uh, you know i was i was okay with it i thought it was interesting uh-huh. i thought they handled all the underwater stuff which i thought was going to be just bad uh going into it i thought it was all handled pretty well uh, yeah for the most part i, I like the way the, i think that um one i think at first the the cgi was a little bit jarring um but after a while, I got really used to it, and I I really liked it. Yeah, I think it's like anything. Like your your eyes or your ears will adjust to something being kind of off. And yeah, definitely, there you are given so much footage underwater that you can't help but just kind of like get used to it by the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about Willem Dafoe because okay, I really Dafoe. liked him in this role. I did too. I thought uh, his stuff with like the younger version, like the teenage version of Arthur, was really strong. Yeah, um, I felt like, okay, so they did the the Marvel thing where they de-aged him <laughs> for, yeah. for the past stuff. Um, this movie had a lot of flashbacks um, that I didn't think were too gratuitous. Um, I thought that we got them for the right amount of time when they were going, so I appreciated that. But uh, yeah, I really liked Willem Dafoe. He, he played this like training, uh, this trainer or whatever this kind of like um atlantean father figure to uh to aquaman to arthur and i really liked their chemistry together like i really felt that they had this relationship yeah i i like that a lot too and also just seeing willem dafoe in a rare good guy role was just kind of nice (laughs) refreshing that Um, was nice (laughs) and, and yeah those scenes were nicely placed because whenever the story like hit a lull you would go back in time and see his training or whatever. I would have actually liked to know more about that character. Like where, uh, like we never got to meet the King that is the father of Orn, mm-hmm. Orn or Orm or Orm. whatever. 
form. Okay, Patrick Wilson. Uh, we never actually get to meet that father or this guy who, I guess, is the one who you know threw Nicole to the to the trench or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, so like who? I don't know. I guess I would, what I'm saying is I would have liked the scene with Willem Dafoe and Nicole to see why, like, to see his affection for her, why his allegiances lie with her so strongly that he would be yeah. willing to, like, risk his life continuously and train Arthur and uh, be this, like, surrogate father figure for him, even yeah. though he's already gotten dead. Yeah, so, that uh, was really interesting because they don't really explore that at all. Um, throughout the whole movie, like you said, they they keep referring to um, the king of Atlantis uh, or, yeah, Atlantis as this person who was just kind of a monster like he forced yeah. uh nicole kidman's character at atlanta to um marry him and like leave her life behind and everything and um and yeah like willem dafoe's character vocal he did not want to like have him as the king and even like the her other son the younger son um patrick wilson's character um he didn't want him to be the king either and it, and it seemed like that was not just because uh, Patrick Wilson's character is like wanting to wage war on on the land uh, for all the bad stuff that they've been doing to the oceans and like global warming and stuff, which I thought it was interesting that they didn't really like touch very much on. They kind of just like it felt like they needed a reason for him to go to war. So they're like, eh, let's make it about pollution. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there wasn't like an overwhelming vir- environmental message throughout the movie that didn't it did, like didn't play through. It was just a means to an end, which right. is weird. Because I, you know, I definitely come from a day and age, and I suppose you do too. You're a little younger than me, but I come from a day and age when, like, that was just like the thing. Like Batman and Robin had like a weird environmental message in it as well, and it was just like that was like the big hot button topic, uh-huh. and it still is. It's, it's weird to to be in a day and age now where it's just like a plot device. Yeah, that it's just been around. That's like ah, yeah, it's a, it's just his reason for being mad at the mortals. Whatever. Moving on. Let's get into some <laughs> underwater. Um, I did. Uh, I mean, I like that. I wish. Yeah, I kind of wish there would have been at least one scene where Orm goes to the surface, maybe, and yeah. like, you know, it, I, maybe that would have been a little bit too Namor the Submariner. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, uh, maybe they're trying to tread on that too much. But I liked that he like threw a bunch of battleships and threw all the trash uh, back on the shore. That was kind of cool and kind of a neat thing. But yeah, I mean, that was just a means to an end. Is the only bad part about that is. They didn't really touch on it again, and and they never did anything else. Right. Once to do that, that was it. Yeah, and, and it so just- I, I just wish that we would have understood, uh, like you said, um, Willem Dafoe's uh, reasoning for like wanting Arthur to be the king and not the son who was born yeah. to the king previous. It was it was just an interesting thing. Um, and, and like, why is he like? Obviously, this, he was the vizier for the former king, and now he's still this like confidant role for patrick wilson's character so like why does he stay get another job dude (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess to try to make sure that arthur becomes the king (laughs) yeah but it just really does seem like why why is his allegiance with the opposite of what should be which should be his allegiance should have been with the king if he was with the king before whatever man maybe he just is in love with nicole kidman i know i am so (laughs) that's fair i thought it was interesting that they basically mirrored arthur and mara's relationship to his father and her and his mother oh you think so i think so because mara is supposed to marry king orm and and she like runs away to be with arthur or whatever and so it was just like an interesting uh mirrored thing that they were yeah. doing i didn't think about that I, I think i was too thinking too much wrapped up in thinking or rather being disappointed that they did end up like a romantic thing because we get through a lot of this movie before like there's the real strong hints of romance between them mm-hmm. and i would have really liked it if it was just like he respects her she respects him i know they're two very hot people so of course we're gonna want them to bone but like and I know Arthur and Mara are together in the comics too, so don't get me on that. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, I, it would have been cool, I think, to have her, you know, kind of stay independent of him mm-hmm. and to be like this, you know, badass person that can be badass all on her own and not have to, you know, have Arthur there. <laughs> yeah, in the first half of the movie, they did do that where like they were with each other and it seemed like you know whatever kind of respect she could have had for him and vice versa, like. They just treated each other as people yeah. and not as like a love interest. And then we got to the like midway point and that's when everything like switched. And I no, wish that they it would. Was a, 
Huh? It was a heavy turn. It yeah. was very heavy. <laughs> and I, I do wish that maybe they would have like left that alone for this entire movie and then maybe in the sequel make that develop. Yeah. But, you know, it's a it's a big popcorn movie and everyone expects a love story. And these are, again, two very hot people <laughs> who are together the entire movie. So mm-hmm. clearly they're going to have to get together by the end of it. But it, it felt a little shoehorned in by the end. I agree that maybe it could have been a nice thing to hint at for future or, you know, after everything's all said and done, her being like, ah, maybe he's not so bad. Maybe he is kind of, he is kind of okay. And then we go from there. Yeah. But I mean, he got the, the trident and the cool suit and everything. That's, that's what we really care about. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a question. How do you feel about Manta? In my opinion, I didn't need him in this film. Nah, he was, it was cool to see because I feel like he was realized pretty excellently like in terms of like the way he looked uh i feel like you couldn't ask for a better representation on a movie of that character Mm. um now his purpose in the movie and the narrative what was it there was kind of no purpose it was just like a sub boss to distract arthur for one cool fight scene and that was that and i guess maybe we're going to get more of that uh for the second movie Mm -hmm. uh as we saw for those of you who waited through the mid credit sequence, uh, which hopefully everybody did. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that that could have been, that could have waited. Like we could have, or like our ending sequence could have been, we had the pirates at the beginning, maybe don't even check in with him for until the end of it. And then he's like mourning the death of his father and some Atlanteans show up, you know, maybe some loyalists to Orm shows up and it's like, we want you to kill Aquaman because Orm is alive, right? At yes. the end of it. So, yeah, somebody loyal to him could have showed up like Dolph Lundgren could have showed up with the Manta suit and been like, all right, next movie, you got to kill this dude. I would have preferred that. (laughs) Yeah, because that would actually be a good setup because then you have this whole like we we know at the end, we would know at the end of the movie that not everyone is loyal to Arthur and that there's going to be some shit going down on the inside that he doesn't know about. And that's what we would have to look forward to in the next film. But this film ends kind of like definitively. And then it gives us that extra scene where it's like, oh, no, but Black Manta's going to come back. Yeah. yeah. And that was weird because like we had talked about uh, before, um, this movie was huge. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, how, you mean how, in terms of scale? Yes. Yeah. In terms yeah. of like the battle, the war that went on and everything, like it was a huge battle. Um, King Orm went around and grabbed every kingdom's loyalty and like even killed for that loyalty, like and used the entire of the entirety of Atlantis to like try to beat Arthur and and it was a huge, huge undersea battle. And then we're yeah. gonna go to Black Manta. Yeah, it does seem like, man, oh, I mean, I don't know, maybe sometimes that's the way that these movies go. Like, you start with the big, I mean, look at Batman Begins to Batman uh, to Dark Knight. It's like, you go from like, oh, there's a big runaway train that's going to kill the whole city, to the Joker just wanted to fuck some shit up. And that's the, like, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it gets smaller and more personal for the second one. But I guess for me, because at the end, it was all about revenge Yeah, for him. So it's just like, I don't know. It, it, yeah, it, I don't know how that's going to fill up a whole movie. I, I totally <laughs> agree. They're going to have to, like, Orm is going to have to get back in the mix somehow. Um, yeah, that that end battle is pretty pretty ridiculously over the top. Uh, especially once you get a giant kaiju in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Didn't, like, Julie Andrews, like, voice that monster <laughs> for some reason? Um, I don't think it was Julie Andrews, but you know what? I will just go ahead and think that now. Uh, you should. I would and just I th- prefer that. Well, wasn't it somebody? Uh, <laughs> I don't remember the thing's name, but I have. Let me see. I have my my thing uh, pulled up. Do you remember what the thing was called? Oh man, G- giant monster! Uh, <laughs> giant oh, uh, monster. Hold on, let's see. It um, was Julie Andrews. Hell yeah, it was. I told you, Carathen. Carathen. All right, whatever. That oh thing is, but... my god. You know what? I'm, I'm bumping you. this movie to a five. Um, <laughs> five out of five. Five out of five. That's no, I give it an A minus, and my wife was uh, was flabbergasted that I would rate it so highly. Because uh, <laughs> every movie I see, uh, ever since Movie Pass came around and I started seeing like everything, 
uh, for my end of the year movies. I give everything a letter grade. But yeah, this got an A minus, man. And yeah, the Julie Andrews may may make it an A plus. It yeah. Oh my god! Wow, that that blows my mind. I'm so happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was I was personally happy with the fact that like. It was like, do you remember the, the show? I don't even know if it was a show. It was a cartoon slash toy line called <sighs> Dino Riders. No. Oh, man. Back in like the late 80s, there was one of those things that uh, kind of like a Transformers thing, like a toy line begat a, sh- a cartoon. But I don't know if the cartoon ever like aired or if they just came with episodes packaged with the dinosaur toys. But it was all these guys from the future. <sighs> and they... Um, <laughs> they built basically rockets and stuff on top of dinosaurs and like armor and the bad guys had all the meat <laughs> dinosaurs like the t-rex was the main bad guys and they had like raptors and all the carnivores and the good guys their big dinosaur was a brontosaurus that would like open up these giant tubes and shoot out missiles and stuff anyway amazing property i cannot believe they have not done anything with this i actually pitched to my manager uh, <laughs> years ago i was like bro we got to do a dino riders thing how do we do it and he's like dude you're like a nobody writer <laughs> like why would you think that we could get the rights to that um so maybe somewhere in hollywood somebody's working on a dino writers movie but that's what it really reminded me of at the end because you had like sharks with armor on like yeah. sea turtles giant mutant seahorse uh-huh. things um was there anything else that i'm missing oh i i know mara at one point was writing a killer whale she which just, sure was legit just made me bust out laughing that was great uh-huh. um yeah obviously crabs Oh yeah, giant crabs. Yeah, like mutant crabs. Uh-huh. Were those mutant crabs, or were the were they mutant crab men? I don't. I, I think they were mutant them. crabs because the mutant but, crab men were definitely were smaller they riding? Than them. Oh yeah, yeah. So the mutant crab men were riding giant mutant crabs. <laughs> like, oh, and they're also like uh, the Mesosaurus, kind of like from Jurassic World, the giant like mm-hmm. crocodile looking dude. Yeah, um, they had a bunch of those too. It was amazing. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like you cannot take shit away from that last scene. Like the guy beforehand, uh, who was like hyping up the crowd before the movie, uh, said like, you know, the last thirty minutes of this is gonna blow your ass away. Like it's gonna blow you to the back of the theater. And I was like, ha, we'll see about that. But like, I feel like it delivered on that. Like just on pure spectacle. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. For sure. And and again, going back to James Wan, knowing how to direct action. uh, Like at no point as much because you're in the ocean. There are literally thousands of things fighting and you still somehow know what's going on. You never lose sight of like your characters or mm-hmm. what's going on. And it's not just like a big clusterfuck. So hats off to you, James Wan. You, you did it. <laughs> uh, made a pretty cool finale. You did. I was very upset when it happened. Um, but you got up at one point um, during the movie to leave to do, I guess, go to the bathroom or something. So yes, to uh, relieve myself. Yeah, and there was a moment in there that I loved so much, and this was like James Wan doing his horror thing. Um, oh, nice. There was okay. So uh, Mara and Arthur are looking for the trident, and um, they're on a little like fishing boat, and there are these creatures. I forget what they're called, um, but they live in the trench, and they're like these. Yeah, they're ter- like the tr- the trench. Uh, uh, yeah, the tr- the trench people, basically, right? <laughs> the trench people. They're called the like trench folk, Kirk the Morlocks, or something. I forget what they're called, but anyway, uh, the 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 Morlock trench people. Um, they were uh, they all got on the ship and everything, and they're like attacking them, and they figure out that light hurts them, so they get these flares, and they're like, okay, we're just gonna jump into the ocean and like swim down into the trench. And so uh, Arthur lights a flare. He takes Mara, and they start swimming down they just go straight down into the ocean and there's like the the camera zooms out like huge zoom out and um surrounding them you have the little flare surrounding them are like thousands of these trench creatures like circling them and like you just have the flare that's keeping them away but if that goes out they're all just gonna like converge on them and it was terrifying because everything was dark except for this little light and like the little sh- like silhouettes of these creatures, it was oh, so good. That sounds cool. It was. I so wish good. I would have missed that. I always, I, I feel like I tend, and right before that was like some bullshit you know, like <laughs> transition scene of like Arthur and Mara talking on the boat about uh-huh. shit we've already talked about before. Like, oh, I feel like I hope I find the trident, and she's like, oh yeah, bro, you're gonna find it. And that was like the entire scene. Like, why I didn't leave during that scene, I don't know. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, when I got back, they were already like through the trench and. They were like swirled up in some sort of like giant cosmic 
storm something underwater storm yeah yeah it was weird uh but yeah yeah i wish i i may i mean i may go see it again we'll see i wouldn't be mad at you if you did <laughs> it was <laughs> well, fun I, i've been talking about it so much lindsay's been hearing me talk about it. she probably knows too much now but uh maybe she'll go with me yeah yeah it was a fun movie and like that was all i could really say about it <laughs> because it was it was just fun i really enjoyed it um the last thing that i want to talk about because I kept you way over what I told you I would, (laughs) is um, the music. I really enjoyed the music, even though it felt like it didn't quite belong. Yeah, uh, you you mentioned that when we were uh, leaving. I wouldn't mind paying a little bit more attention to that if I do go see it a second time, because I I do remember at one point when they're like going through Atlantis, and there's like a Blade Runner-esque like uh, Vangelis, uh, like, synthesizer moment Mm -hmm. uh, that I really liked. Uh, There's also, I think I mentioned to you, there's another point where they're going underwater and there's like some big trumpet blares here and there. And I know that's not very descriptive, but get over it. I don't know music. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I just like, yeah, I thought for what it's worth in a day and age when like you can basically watch a superhero movie and the score is so secondary, like I could not hum you except for maybe the Avengers theme. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I could not like hum anything out of any of the Infinity War, like Infinity War, any of those movies. So, well, I like, just learned that each hero has their own theme. Yeah, see, like that sucks. <laughs> it sucks that I don't even realize that. Like that's the I good thing did. that like Wonder Woman did, right? Is they gave her a theme mm-hmm. that you could recognize. Uh, I feel like <laughs> exactly yeah, that weird like guitar. I guess uh-huh. that is. Um, yeah, that's a cool theme that like sounds neat. So it's like, and I, and I, I hear that and I'm like, oh shit, it's Wonder Woman. She's showing up. All right. Awesome. Um, but I'm also a big fan of like Danny Elfman, John Williams, mm-hmm. like that school of thought where like, you know, a score should be evocative of like, you should be able to listen to a score and kind of be able to follow the narrative of what's going on mm-hmm. rather than just being like background ominous tones. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I, I totally get what you mean. Um, but yeah, I liked the music. It was very synthy. It was very like 80s sound effect, electronic, like synthy. <laughs> and um, it was weird, but I, I kind of dug it. So I was not mad at it. I was um, not mad at it either. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, I guess, um, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna cut it. <laughs> We've talked for longer than I told you I was going to have you. Um, oh, that's I, I do There's want a lot to talk about. There was a lot of it, and um, but it was fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, so I'm I'm hoping that in with um, Shazam coming out, it seems like it's kind of gonna keep in this direction of let's just have fun with these movies. I don't need them to be like all fun and no serious, but um, it's it's nice that they acknowledge that it's a comic book adaptation and they they yeah. don't have to be so dark and bleak all the time. And I would also. Uh, like it if Aquaman doesn't or sorry if Shazam doesn't have to make reference to Aquaman or you know like Aquaman actually just felt like its own movie I know there's a tease for the next movie but it didn't feel like they were doing some giant world building or Mm -hmm. like setting up dark side showing up or setting up the Green Lanterns like I just wanted I I miss movies just being able to stand on their own and uh, I'm glad that uh, we got a little bit of that out of Aquaman and I hope yes and I hope Shazam follows suit yeah I am in agreeance, <laughs> agreement with you. Okay. I mean, either or, man. Six <laughs> of one, half dozen of the other. Um, uh, yeah. So, so what are uh, you give it a five now because of Julie Andrews? <laughs> uh, Julie Andrews does bring it up. I'm gonna give it a four point five out of five. Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm around the same. Point five is a hundred percent because of Julie Andrews, though. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I had a I had it at a four. It's now a four point five. Uh, but nice. yeah, I feel the same way. Um, honestly, I don't really ask too much of my movies because they're just there for me personally to be entertained. And if they have a greater message, then I'm very happy for that. Uh, but this overall was just really fun. Yeah, fun popcorn movie. Perfect thing to like go see in the holidays with your family. Something we can all laugh at. Something you know you could just enjoy and sit back and turn your brain off. And Lord knows we need more stuff where we can just turn our brains off right now oh yeah there's so much in the world that's awful that it's good to have you know a fun little superhero romp to to escape to for a couple of hours yeah oh well um yeah that's it for our our review um 
Again, check out John's podcast. Uh, Here's why it's great. Here's why it's great. You can find us on iTunes. Just look us up. Here's why it's great. Or on Podbean. What is Podbean? Is that like another... I don't know. It's just a podcast. I guess so. I I don't know. I mention it because that's where we originated. But just most go to iTunes, uh, like us, uh, subscribe. But just mostly listen. You don't have to do all the rest of that stuff. And and message them. Message them and tell them what you hate and what you need them to convince you is great. Because I did that, and they're gonna do it. And there is nothing off the table. Uh, We have a lot of fun subjects coming down the pike. So uh, we got board games coming down the pike. We got more. Or like public figures, so it's going to be really fun. You guys, they did an episode on a Disneyland ride, a Disneyland ride, one Disneyland ride that like hardly anybody <laughs> even was there. Uh, and we talked for a solid hour and fifteen minutes on that. Bad and movie. it felt and like it you guys was... could have kept going. Oh, I could have gone. I, I, <laughs> you want to talk about it now? I got. I got. <laughs> no, <laughs> Disneyland, the Storybook Land, Canal Boats. I didn't know that uh, ride existed until your podcast. Oh man, have you ridden it since then? Or have you no. been back to Disneyland? No, well, I have Next time, you know what you're going to do next time you go to Disneyland? You're going to go find that fucking ride and you're going to ride it. <laughs> yes, yes. You're going to love the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to end this. <laughs> Thank you, John. Thanks, Richard, for having me. That's it. Short and sweet, right? I don't know. It was about 40 minutes or so. Maybe maybe a little bit more. Um, yeah, so we got through it because I didn't want to take all of John's time. He's on vacation with his beautiful wife, and, and I didn't want to take him away from her for too long. Uh, yeah, that's it, you all. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me this year. Um, I saw that there are some ratings in iTunes, and I want to thank those people who did that. Except I don't know who they are because I think you just put stars in there and there were no reviews. So I can't thank you personally, but I can say thank you and you know who you are. You know who you is and you know what you did. Um, yeah, uh, uh, here, here's some final thoughts, I guess. Uh, I do have some recommendations. Um, the first recommendation is going to be a board game. Um, for Christmas, Adam bought me a ton of board games. Well, not a ton. He bought me like three. <laughs> but he, but uh, this year apparently was the year of the board games for me because I just really, really dove into them. Uh, and yeah, I, I I am super into board games right now. And the one that the like flagship gift, as he called it, was Dinosaur Island. And this was a Kickstarter, I think, last year. And it's like you build a dinosaur park and... You get people to come to it. Sometimes the dinosaurs get loose and eat your patrons. <laughs> and it's a, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. It's my favorite one so far. I haven't played the other two that he got me, but <laughs> it's my favorite one of the three so far. Uh, it's definitely going to probably be one of my top board games um, that I like playing with my friends. Uh, so, yeah, I've been playing a lot of Dinosaur Island. It's a whole lot of fun. I love it. Um, it looks complicated. There's a lot of pieces, but actually it's not all that complicated. And there's a lot of strategizing um, to it, which I think is a lot of fun. So check that out uh, if you have the funds because it's expensive. Um, I think right now you can probably find it on Amazon for like 60 bucks, but it's still expensive. But it's a board game. So I guess that's kind of middle of the road. <laughs> I don't know. Um and the last thing that I'm going to recommend uh, before my final, final note is um, I've been watching Tokyo Ghoul. And this came from someone on Facebook. It was a recommendation. I don't know this person personally. And I think maybe they're a they're a listener to the Awkward Human Survival Guide, which is the other show that I do. Um, but he recommended that I watch Tokyo Ghoul because I really, really enjoyed Fate, um, Zero, and Stay Night. I haven't watched any of the others, but anyway, I'm watching Tokyo Ghoul. I'm about six episodes in, and I really like it. Uh, so it's it's kind of like this um, uh, dark uh, anime. I'm not. I haven't watched a lot of anime, so I don't maybe know what I'm talking about. But uh, it's it's a darker anime. There's a lot of violence in it. Um, it's it's very uh, grotesque, I think, and. Um, it's 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 got like a mystical maybe not mystical but like a, it's Tokyo Ghoul it's got some monsters in it and and it's great the monsters are ghouls they're humans that they're people who look like humans that are not humans uh and they go around eating people uh except for the main character who's trying to kind of control all that anyway that's my other recommendation i really enjoy it there's this one character in it called uh oh i'm going to mess up the name cuz i don't remember but it's like Sukiyama or something like that 
and he's obsessed with the main character Kaneki and um yeah uh this guy's crazy and I really really like it um so <laughs> yeah that's the last recommendation that I have for you other than of course listen to John's podcast um he- here's why it's great it's a lot of fun Sebastian and he have a lot of ke- good chemistry together and um they're they're really great they don't say um a lot not like I do <laughs> All right. Here are my final uh, things to say on the podcast. Uh, again, thank you so much for sticking with me this year. I know that I didn't put out as many uh, episodes this year as I did the previous year, but um, you know, life happens and 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 things get crazy. But I really enjoy doing this show. I really enjoy talking to all the nerds I get to talk to. And um, putting out this show for for you, for myself, for <laughs> anyone who, who wants to listen, I enjoy it. So I still want to continue doing it, even if I can only get one episode out a month or maybe two, if I'm lucky. Uh, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. I hope you all had a good year. And if not, I hope that next year brings something much better your way. Either way, I hope it brings something much better. Um, hopefully it'll be the case for me because I'm, I've been working on a lot of stuff that I'm, uh, nervous, scared, but very proud of. And so, um, yeah, I think that's it. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, as we come to a close to 2018, I want to say, uh, have a, have a, have a good rest of the year. Uh, be safe in your celebrations. Be safe in general. Please, please, please be kind to one another. Uh, there's a lot of hate out there, as we know, a lot of rage, a lot of anger. Be kind to one another. I think that's the best thing that we can kind of do right now for each other personally is just to be kind, be understanding. Um, and yeah, that's it. Have a have a have a happy rest of the 2018. And if you're listening in 2019, have a great rest of the year. That's it. Thank you all for listening. Bye. Thank you.